Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. I thought maybe we would do holiday names, but we didn't, and it's fine. It's holiday fine names. Mm-hmm. Holiday names. Mm-hmm. I'm Mistletoe Heron. Uh, oh, I'm um, Rudolph the Jeff-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> Ooh, I love this. <laughs> Yes. That's very bad. <laughs> yeah, I do too. That's why I did it. Bad uh, jokes are the God, best ones. Oh, uh, you I suggested think... it, Louisa. God damn it. I know. I'm ruining Christmas. Sorry, everyone. Bah no. humbug. Yeah. <laughs> Scrooge Weezer <Lisa Heron. laughs> Okay. I'll accept it. I deserve this. <laughs> oh, now I feel bad. Uh, okay. Now, you know, you know how many years ago the internet was all about fuck, marry, kill? Yes. The new version of that is, if you had to pick which of the three of us was the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future, which yes. one would Louisa's definitely Christmas past. We all agree oh, on damn this, it. correct? No, I think Louisa's Christmas present. What? She's so, jo- she's so jolly and Christmassy. I understand that, but Louisa is obsessed with the old-timey things like the French Republican calendar. <laughs> what about my great bushy beard? <laughs> yeah, what about her great bushy beard? <laughs> Matt, we all agree that you're the ghost of Christmas future. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I do I do hope people see me as the angel of death. <laughs> <laughs> you're always pointing at people's graves. Oh man, I would love to push somebody into an open grave. You're always like, hey, hey, look over there, that gravestone has your name on it. Weird, huh? Can you imagine how satisfying it would be to go to some shithead and like be like, here's your grave, asshole, and then shove him right in there? Oh, fuck, that'd be great. God. That would be pretty good. Alright, I accept Ghost of Christmas Past because I would get to fly, that's awesome, and I would get to make people feel incredibly bad about the choices. It's like getting to be I told you so for everyone in the world. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that would be so sweet. And I hey, have Jeff, to. You actually do have a bushy mm-hmm. beard. I have to. I, I have to slot into my role as the big fat party animal of the podcast, <laughs> which the ghost of Christmas present is. Absolutely yes. You like to make an elaborate uh, banquet plate, Jeff, which the ghost mm-hmm. truly does. Absolutely. You love hedonism, Jeff. It's your whole thing. Yep. I try to Just be ethically like hedonistic. Yeah. Oh <sighs> man, actually, we fit pretty well into these now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so if so, if you're out there listening and you know th- a group of three people, then do this for them too. Or which of the three kings are you? Which gift would you bring? Mm. Uh, I don't know what any of those things are except gold. <laughs> I think right, frankincense is a frankincense is a kind of wood, right? Uh, it's sap, I believe. Yeah, I like that. Actually, I think myrrh, that... I think, also is sap. Frankincense oh, is uh, is an essential oil derived from sap. Yes, a resin. Yeah. Used in uh-huh. incense and perfume, so they brought yes. they brought Jesus a nice smell. Well, they brought two nice, nice smells because myrrh is also that myrrh is the same. Myrrh- yeah, sap like resin from. Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> then how am I supposed to pick which one? I, think- I like frankincense because it sounds like Frankenstein. <laughs> there is that what you wanted me to say. I know you all wanted me to look like an asshole, so now we're here. <laughs> I like oh, Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> No, I like myrrh because it's very goth. It's about funeral. Um, oh, that's true. Rites and stuff. I I like the idea that two like one of the guys was like, I can't think of a gift. Can we just say the frankincense and myrrh is from both of us? <laughs> <laughs> you got two things, man. Come on. I don't know. I just got like potpourri down at the store, the bazaar. Yeah, well, 
Split it into the the all of the red flakes and all of the brown t- chunks, and then I'll take one half and you take the other. God, did they have did they have bazaars in that ancient culture? Am I being insensitive? According to movies, all they had was bazaars. Yeah, but that's all they have in the modern day, according to movies. That's true. It's just a guy who's, like, waving a fish around and yelling at you. Movies are bad. Seattle open air market. That is what it's like there. It's true. In Seattle. Yes. All of Seattle is just that one market. The far off mystical land of Seattle. I mean, Seattle's probably as far away from us as. Uh-oh. No. What are you going to no. say now? <laughs> I was going to say the Middle East, but probably not. No. Hold on. Distance it's not that from much further, I don't think. It's to... as far from us as I want to say Ireland. Let's say. That might be more reasonable. Oh, I might be totally wrong, though. I shouldn't guess about geography. Bad at it. Yeah. Uh, it is from my location to Saudi Arabia, which mm-hmm. I am assuming is like, we can all agree, is one of the countries in the. In Arabia, right? It's got it right in the name. Uh, six thousand. Screw me on this, guys. Come on. <laughs> six thousand four hundred ninety-seven miles from me. Okay. Seattle is two thousand eight hundred sixty-one driving. Ooh. So it's like a third of the distance as the crow flies. All right. You guys ever accidentally open up your app's map and um, it switches from driving to walking for some reason? So you're looking at it and you're like, okay, I gotta go home now. And it's like 10 hours. <laughs> like, oh, shit. What kind of accidents ever- are... Oh, it says I'm walking. But do you ever see that and then think, wow, I could walk this in 10 hours? That's pretty good. <laughs> the human body is a miracle. <laughs> if I just walked all day, I could get to Matt's house. Yeah. It's true. It is upsetting when Jeff tells me that Seattle is only 2,000 miles away, because I've definitely, like, driven 20 miles in a day, or, like, even 100 miles in a day without really planning for it. It's not like a big trip to drive 100 miles, Mm -hmm. or even maybe 200 miles, and then it's just 10 times that. I don't know. It It seems like it should be further away than that. It is a 42-hour drive to Seattle. That's not that bad. I think that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't want to do. You couldn't do it in one day, like mathematically. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I would say you couldn't safely do it in two days either. Yeah. Well, it depends on how many people are in the car. Oh, that's true. If you trade Here's off. Here's the thing, though. If I were going to go spend a week somewhere and it was a six-hour drive, that still would be pretty rough. Even though I would have a week to get used to the idea before driving six hours back. Yeah. No, I so would want to be. Hours. I would want to be gone for a month and going to multiple places if I'm driving somewhere that's two thousand miles away. Yeah. Wait. Six hours, Louisa, is too yeah. much for you? Yes! I do six-hour drives up to Boston for work all the time, and know, I'm there for, like, crazy. two days. Yeah, you commute <laughs> you every crazy. day for your yeah. job uh, solving math equations on the chalkboard outside of classrooms. <laughs> it's true. And then you get stuck on that Boston uh, train system, and you don't have that nickel to get back off the train, <laughs> so you just have to ride the rails forever. Yep, yep. you're stuck there uh, yep. at the terminal. <laughs> I'm like one of those dogs in Russia that knows how to get its way home on the, the train, but needs to figure out how to get on board. Yep. But, oh, dogs are so great. <clears throat> but you just wait at the one train station where your uh, owner has yet to come back from work because he passed away in an accident. Mm-hmm. And so I fall asleep on his grave, and then <laughs> I turn to Bones there. And then you, the Bones animate, and they point at Ebenezer Scrooge's grave. <laughs> and I play my ribs like a, like a xylophone. <laughs> 
Mickey Mouse is very movie. scared of this. <laughs> we can okay. write a great movie and not get sued because we are taking for every story, so it's not one particular Oh, movie. yeah. If you do more crimes, they can't get you for yeah, any of the exactly. individual crimes. I do like to file. I do like how much the tone in this movie would jackknife, though. <laughs> like, every... every it's one scene that switches to a completely different tone of movie. It starts out as you driving to Boston for work. Then it, like, ends as a Betty Boop cartoon with a dancing skeleton. Yep. That's how every movie should end, really. I don't disagree with that. Matt, what'd you do this week? Um, I started playing the... Uh, new final DLC pack for the video game The Binding of Isaac. Have either Ooh. of you played The Binding of Isaac? Uh, I have played a little bit of it, and I was guessing as you were saying the final DLC pack, I'm like, Matt, playing The Binding of Isaac? How yeah, unusual. It's more likely than you think. Yep. 100% likelihood at this point. I, uh, I admit that it's not really a game for me in that it has a lot of poop jokes in it, mm-hmm. like way too many, and that's not great. No. Um, but it is a very good mechanically interesting game, um, so I just kind of forget that the the toilet humor is in there. Um, I do like the puzzle-solving aspect of it. I like the roguelike exploration, and the, the thing that... A lot of people praise it for having the equipment you can find throughout the game. I should probably set the table a little bit. If anyone hasn't played Binding of Isaac, it is a top-down, um, twin-stick shooter kind of game. Uh, but it is, tr- it is trying to evoke the feel of, like, a Legend of Zelda dungeon, where there's all these different rooms and you have to kill all the enemies in a room to get things like keys and equipment and stuff like that to keep exploring. Yeah. Um, but the the game is entirely procedurally generated, so the equipment is interesting and useful, but not ever necessary to play the game. Um, so, for instance, the way the game works is that you play a character who is a little kid, and you shoot your tears out at all of his nightmares that are populating this dungeon, um, and that you get equipment that like makes it so that you cry faster, or your tears become tears of blood, so they do more damage and stuff like that. Um, and the problem is that almost all of the equipment doesn't actually tell you what it's doing, and sometimes it's hard to tell what it's doing. <laughs> and then if you go onto the online forums and try to look it up, so many people are like, "Just figure it out. Don't be a like a baby about it. You should." People who wrote these articles had to figure it out. Why can't you figure it out? Like, this sucks. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but if you can get past that, I know, I imagine that Jeff would enjoy it because I know Jeff likes a top-down Legend of Zelda-style ty- game. Yeah, I, I played uh, a bit of it. It was included in a Humble Bundle pack of games for Wii U weirdly um so you know many years ago so i have it on wii u uh but i you know i despite that i did play a bunch of it um and i yeah i like it it's um if you're into a roguelike or you really for some reason specifically like the first legend of zelda best of all uh (laughs) or i guess if you have a lot of nostalgia for smash tv uh then any of those three categories uh this game is probably for you 
Uh, yeah, it, it it feels like it. For all that I don't appreciate its humor, um, I do think that it does a good job of making it feel fair. Where you're like, oh man, I could do this without ever getting hurt or whatever. And there's all these challenges that you can play where it's like, you know, you have to play the whole game with the character blindfolded. So you have to pick up equipment that lets you attack things without using your tears or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, they're challenging, but you're always, as you're playing it, you're like, oh, okay, this is how this works. Now I understand. Now I can do better at it. Um, So yeah, it's frustrating sometimes, but overall I find it to be a fairly satisfying sort of puzzle to figure out as you're playing it. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, so it's nice. Uh, it's not terribly expensive, and it's like a the perfect sort of little bites game where you can play it for a few minutes and then be like, I'm done with this, and then walk away and don't feel bad. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a it's a real good one to to sort of chill out to. Um, I heard this DLC like fixes and adds a lot to the game. Yes, that's why I picked it back up. I think I got it, like you say, Jeff. I think I might have gotten it for free from Humble Bundle many many years ago, and I played it a little bit. And um, you know, I think as DLCs came out, either I got those DLCs or they were on sale or whatever. Um, so when I got this most recent one, I thought it would be like the other DLCs, but it feels like it plays a lot less frustratingly now than it used to. Mm. Like, the enemies do less damage, and the the special hearts you can pick up that are not... Oh, this is hard to explain. <laughs> you have nor- your normal life bar, and then you get extra <laughs> hearts from demons or angels, because there's a very strong Christian undertone to this game. Um, <clears throat> and those demon and angel hearts don't count towards your life total for not taking damage on a level, which is very important for unlocking new things. So you want to get those hearts if you can. And they've added a lot of but more ways that you can get those extra hearts. Hmm. I, um, yeah, I, I, well, I, I kind of want to clarify, uh, when Matt says Christian undertones, he doesn't, he doesn't mean in favor of, Yes, it is definitely not pro-Christianity. Yeah, uh, it is a game that I think, uh, and it probably hits you different because, you, you know, you're uh, generally kind of down on toilet humor. But I think yes. I think it kind of uses the shock value of, like, very extreme, like, blood and poop cartoon imagery, uh, like that juxtaposition, to uh, reinforce the themes to mixed mm. success, because it does also just have a bunch of, like, meme jokes in it, which are yes. kind of detract <laughs> from the, the, like, oh, I see what you're doing here. No. Yeah, the, you love meme jokes, Jeff. The, <laughs> it's all about context. Okay. <laughs> the, the heart of the game, the sort of underlying plot is a very dark story about a kid who has been abused by his extremely religious mother. Um, and that's not, I mean, like, I appreciate telling that story because apparently it's quite personal to the person who made the game. And, uh, I think that it's like good to criticize that form of faith that allow that leads you to harming others. Um, but it, it does, as Jeff says, kind of have a friction against also wanting to make fart jokes every single frame of the game. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, it's a, f- the, it's a game that is somehow greater than the sum of its parts. I don't think any part of it alone is good, but it feels good to play mechanically, 
end, it is interesting that as you're playing through it, you're constantly finding new ways in which the game can work that completely changes your play experience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so So. it's like one degree too skill-based for me to get super into it, but it has that good game feel that I like. Yeah, I think I'm more willing to waste my time trying the same thing one million times until I get kind of good at it than you are, Jeff, which is the same reason why Hollow Knight, even though we both enjoyed Hollow Knight so much, uh, I played it further into the like post-game bosses and yeah. stuff like that. The punishing uh, extra content for uh, sickos. <laughs> the stuff that's not fun for anyone, but <laughs> some people have a brain disease that makes it so they can't not do it. <laughs> that stuff. It's so interesting because uh, I had the exact opposite reaction. Like we had opposite reactions when we played Metroid Dread, where yeah. you were you became very irritated and annoyed at the parts where the difficulty spiked, and I was like, "Yeah, give me more of it. I need it. Punish me." <laughs> and yet, then later on, we got to the same points we were at with all these other games, where you finished the game at like. What was your completion percentage? 73 or something. 73. I'm at uh, 92, I think. I still haven't finished the game, and I'm not going to until I get to 100. (laughs) God damn it. Yep, you need those last seven missiles or whatever. Yeah. There's no way I will need them in the final fight, but they exist, and so I can't not get them, you know? Yep. Samus' missile sense is still tingling. She's like, oh, I can't leave this planet. I know it's an emergency, but I cannot leave. (laughs) Those fucking, um, what is that thing called where you, like, run and then charge up your run into a Shine jump? spark. Yes, those fucking shine spark <laughs> puzzles are so hard, God damn it! Yeah, some of them I was like, I, I looked at it and I was like, okay, I think I know how to solve this, but it seems insane that the game would want me to solve it that way. And then I tried it, and then I looked up a video and I was like, no, that is how you solve it, you just have to, like, do it better. Like, oh, god damn it, okay. (laughs) The fact that you can change direction of your of your run, but only while you are jumping in that one very specific way, and that that is the solution to so many of the puzzles is infuriating. That sucks. Yep. Anyway, um, if you want to have a game that is, like, fun, mindless, something that you can play while you're listening to a podcast or something, uh, Binding Binding of Isaac is a pretty good one for that. Right. And then, and the new DLC makes it a lot more fun to play than I felt like it was previously. So, I recommend it. Uh, Louisa, what did you do this week? Uh, I'm going to talk about the fact that yesterday I went over to Matt's house and what? we made. <laughs> I broke into Matt's house. He was asleep, <laughs> and I made a bunch of cookies in his kitchen. <laughs> yep, it's true. We made cookies yesterday. Pushed him into <laughs> his open good. grave. <laughs> That's right. That's what he wanted, though. He said he wanted that. No, process. I want to do the pushing. Oh, okay. Guys, is Every- is the Batman villain the Phantasm, just the gross ghost of Christmas future? Hmm. Is that what he what does if, to people? Uh, yeah. What that, about the Phantom? He smashes evil. Is uh, that anything? Yeah, he smashes evil and always has a son. Those are the two <laughs> things about the Phantom. Yeah. Uh, no, the Phantasm's always pushing mobsters into open graves and then crushing them with statues. Oh, that's right. And then, it, well, spoilers for the Mask of the Phantasm. Doesn't it turn out to be Bruce Wayne's girlfriend? Yeah, his his ex from a while ago. Yeah. Spoilers for a movie that came out when I was four. 
Yes. <laughs> that movie fucking kicks ass, though. That's, like, maybe the best Batman animated series thing that was ever made. Yeah, that movie is is genuinely remarkable. Still holds up. Very well written. Very well voice acted. Great yes. looking. And now no one needs to watch it because you spoiled the ending. No, it's well, still worth watching. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, Jen had watched all of the animated series of Batman as a kid, but hadn't seen Mask of the Phantasm, so we watched it together, like, a year ago or whatever, and she got so pumped that 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 woman ended up being the Phantasm. She's like, this is the hero I want to see a whole series about. Yeah. All she does is take revenge for her father by murdering every criminal in Gotham. This is the best. That's what the Huntress does, too, right? Uh, oh, yeah, similar. The, the Huntress's father was also a criminal. Oh, yeah. So that changes things a little bit, I feel like. Yes. Isn't that Batgirl's thing, too? No, also, her dad is no. Jim Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, didn't he die in whatever realm of uh, no. timelines she gets to be Batgirl? No, I don't she's Jim always Gor- Jim Gordon has died in any of the Batmans. I mean, like, except for, like, Batman Beyond, where he died of old age or whatever. Um, but what's great about the Phantasm is that she doesn't dress up sexy like all of the other females in the Batman universe. She dresses up like the fucking Grim Reaper. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, and then Stacy Keach does the voice for the costumed up version mm-hmm. instead of uh, the normal voice actress. Mm-hmm. It rules. That's pretty good. Probably Tress McNeil. <laughs> uh, no, it's Dana Delaney who does, uh, who did uh, yeah. uh, Lois Lane on the Superman cartoon. That's how oh, yeah. that's how she got that Superman job. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's good. It's fun. That Superman cartoon wasn't as bad as I remembered. I've recently watched a few episodes and I was like, oh yeah, this is alright. I mean, like, the character design is pretty bad, but you know. Yeah. I I uh I like that show. I think that there's a couple like genuinely very, very good episodes. I think I blamed it for the fact that the last season of the Batman animated series that came out like five years later or whatever had such shitty, terrible, like you said, Jeff Freakazoid yeah. character models. <laughs> and I, the first steps of that were the much more simplified versions of the character models in the Superman, Superman animated series as opposed to the Batman one, which was already quite simple. It just sort of continued down the, the lane to being just, like, rudimentary shapes with colors on them. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that, even only marginally watching these shows. Yeah. yeah. They they managed to reverse course a little bit uh, for Justice League. Like, they fixed yes. the Joker's design so that he wasn't, like, a lipless, uh, black-eyed demon. <laughs> like, they, you know, <laughs> he, he had, had a- those black eyes, like, his... What is the white part of your eye? Sclera? Is that yeah. Is that right? Anyway. I think that's right. He had black eye parts with green pupils, even in the, the Justice League cartoon, which Gross. is annoying. Yeah. Mm. And also, like, he didn't. He definitely couldn't have. If his whole story was just that his skin got fucked up by acid and that made him insane, why would his eyeballs be black? That doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense, Matt! (laughs) It makes more sense to be like, look, I believe that your skin could get bleached by acid. I'm sure that that's a thing people have done intentionally in the world at some point. (laughs) Right? We all agree with that? Okay. Go on. And I believe that a person who's already borderline sociopath because they're a murderer for the mob... Getting their skin bleached, like, unnaturally white could push them over the edge into being an insane person. 
Okay. Mm, that's it. That's the Joker. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the believable background for the Joker in my mind. Okay. Fair. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Are we done talking about the Joker? <laughs> no, never. We're all busy becoming watch the that Joker. Movie, the Joker, huh? No, <laughs> the movie sucks. <laughs> Is it going to radicalize me into a, an alt right shithead? <laughs> yep, you're gonna you're gonna somehow become an incel, mm-hmm. despite also being a wife guy. Hey, I think those are both incels. <laughs> no, wife guy's a good thing. Is we all okay. we all love wife guys. Well, it's a good thing, and you feel happy for them, but then when they talk about their wife again, you're like, fuck, I don't care about your wife. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Anyway, what were we talking about? Cookies. Yep. So we made five kinds of cookies. We made chocolate chip cookies. Everyone loves. have to make those. We made spiced chocolate cookies, which have uh, chili powder and cinnamon in them. Those are fun. Uh, Not chili powder, cayenne pepper. Well, it, it is a powdered chili, is what it is. Mm. That's true, but when I hear chili powder, I think something with, like, cumin and or- oregano in it. You know, that kind of chili powder? The I thing know. that's called that chili is, powder? That is, that's chili what? mix. That's chili powder no, is just a powdered no, pepper. Called, no, here's the thing. It is called chili powder, though. Yes. If you and... buy red chili powder at the store, it is powdered chili peppers and cumin and oregano and, like, garlic salt and shit all mixed up. Not yes, the kind I've is... ever bought. What? Well, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, apparently this is a problem for um, uh, people who come from South Asia who go mm. to buy chili powder in the store and expect it to just be powdered chilies, <laughs> but it's uh, what would be, what, southwestern chili powder, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's a a blend of all the spices you would put in chili, as opposed to chili peppers powdered, which is what it should be, but isn't. Yes. So this had cayenne, chili powder in it. I'm not wrong. I'm not owned. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then we made almond cookies that had raspberry jam inside. Nice. Mm -hmm. And how many is that? Three? That's three so far. Molasses spice cookies. Yep. And, oh, maple pecan snickerdoodles. Snickerdoodles, which yeah. tasted a lot like a fancy, like, waffle or pancake breakfast, which is really Yeah. Fun. It was crazy to ha- like, I don't know that I've ever had a cookie that tasted so much like a pancake. <laughs> yes. So that was really nice. Yeah. Uh, we, I think we managed our time very well. Matt and I have done this for years. We didn't do it last year because of COVID, but, uh, it, to, sometimes we end up with a lot of dead space time where... Like where Matt plays for... Dead Space while you're making cookies. <laughs> yeah, I fuck those zombies up, though. Never gonna get done. I hack their limbs off so good with my space drill. Laser mining these? tools. Yeah, whatever sure. it is. No, sorry, not tools for mining lasers. They are laser tools used for mining space rocks and cutting zombies into bits because I guess they don't have safety features. Yeah. Now they're not tools that are lasers. That tool they're tools that employ lasers. Mm, okay. Oh my god, these tools are bosses? Lasers? And you break into a seam of underground lasers and you just shoot all over the room and kill some of the miners. We've struck I mean, pink not gold. That much that's not that different from fire damp or whatever yeah, it is that just not. exploded and killed all the miners and you, you chipped to, into it. You need to bring a canary and see if uh, he gets yeah. killed by a laser. Yeah. Uh, uh, what were we talking about? Are lasers are so easily killable. That's true. That's why they're 
good for what they're good for. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's the that's probably the only skill that I share with canaries <laughs> is being able to die. <laughs> if you think about it. Uh, I guess. <laughs> This seems reductive for your skills. <laughs> well, I can't fly. Okay. I can't grow feathers. Have you tried either of these? Oh, you can eat seeds. You can eat so many fucking oh, seeds, man. I've been eating sunflower seeds on my new diet, and I'm so fucking sick of eating sunflower <laughs> seeds. Mm, okay. They've but got it does give you, you there. It does give you that like satisfaction of crunching into a potato chip that you want to crunch into a seed. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do it. It's like, sort of like the nicotine gum of potato chips. <laughs> You're trying to you wean yourself it? off potato chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. exactly. Right. Um, uh, are you going for any of the weird flavors of sunflower seed? I go to the dollar store sometimes, and they have, like, the most busted, bizarre, sna- yeah. like, pickle and ranch flavored sunflower seeds. Okay. Base- <laughs> baseball chili flavor. <laughs> listen, though. Ranch flavored sunflower seeds fucking kick ass okay so you are going <laughs> for the weird so ones. good love it i mean i mostly have been eating the normal just salted kind but i got some of the ranch ones and i ate them all so fast and i just got some more because they are so good so if you need a reco of uh of a flavor of sunflower seed go for the ranch ones yeah weird just go to the dollar store and pick up the grossest sounding foods and have yourself a little christmas party <laughs> And have yourself a merry little Christmas. <laughs> yep. Have yourself a real sicko holiday for perverts. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I keep getting tricked in the dollar store because I'm an idiot where I see something, a bag of chips, and I'm like, huh, this looks uh, pretty good for a dollar. And then I get them and I bite into them and I'm like, oh, right. They cut every corner. And that's why they're a dollar. Like, <laughs> of course it tastes bad. What was I thinking? Yes. <laughs> but every time I get tricked. Yeah, no, I, I'm fine to get tricked for a dollar and eat the whole bad thing. <laughs> Alright. I recommend moon pies, which are way worse than you remember. Mm. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. I will say the best thing about baking Christmas cookies every year mm-hmm. is I give these cookies as gifts to my neighbors in order to foster goodwill so that if my house was on fire, they would help me to drag my corpse out of there without it being burnt. <laughs> To an unrecognizable cinder. God forbid your corpse get burned up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, obviously that's the only reason anyone is friends with their neighbors. That's mm-hmm. why I do this. Uh, but it's nice because when I give these cookies to my neighbors, it makes them feel like I care about them for the holidays. But and you really, don't. But really, I, get, I got the gift from spending time with people I actually like at the mm-hmm. holidays instead. <laughs> That's the secret. Nice. I like that a lot of people would frame this as, like, a gift that keeps on giving, like, that it's good to make this gift and to give it, but mm-hmm. you framed it as, like, a life hack where yes. <laughs> your neighbors don't That's want you to know. That's the premise of the show, Louisa. <laughs> yeah, life hack than that. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> hack the life. <laughs> That's our new uh, title. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a lot of fun making cookies. Uh, yeah, I think we managed our time very well. We always had one batch in the oven while we were working on other things. Yep. It worked out great. We made some delicious cookies. Yep. I have to give them out today. That's the, that's what I'm doing right after this. I'm doing okay. that thing where you ring the doorbell and then 
force yourself to count to ten before you run away. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that thing that I definitely do. Someone who knows my neighbors. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I don't want them to... I, I'm desperately hoping they don't make it to the door by the time I count to ten so that I can run as fast as I can. Yeah. What if you left cookies for your neighbors? I know you sealed them into plastic boxes, so this is fine. But what if you left neighbors, like, a basket of cookies, and then, like, squirrels got to them before the neighbors found them? Mm -hmm. That'd be pretty fucked up, huh? It would, yeah. You're right. Yeah, then they'd have a basket full of squirrels. A huge mess. A huge mess of squirrel poop and chewed up (laughs) straw. But... They can't blame me for that. Okay, I true. rang the bell. I gave the cookies. It's not my problem anymore. Okay, good. Here's the secret, though, Matt. Anyone can blame you for anything. <laughs> well, that's fine, but given that I didn't have to give them goddamn anything at all, they still have to be grateful to me, even if what I gave them was a shitty, terrible disaster on their doorstep. Mm. Maybe they'll give you something now. Maybe they'll feel obligated. Yeah, maybe Mm. they'll put dog poop in a bag and light it on fire and put it on your doorstep. (laughs) One of my neighbors every year gives me the Tupperware back with, like, a little box of, like, a Whitman sampler (laughs) chocolates inside. Yeah. And it's like a double insult, because obviously (laughs) I wanted to get rid of these Tupperwares. (laughs) And... Obviously, I don't want this. <laughs> these sugar paste chocolates. <laughs> mm. I find that old people cannot wrap their head around the fact that Tupperwares are a dollar now. Yes, the reason you buy them is just to not worry about the thing, but you're still able to like wrap it up pretty good. Yeah. And they're constantly trying to give you back containers, and it's making me insane. I don't want those containers back. Yep. You but can't, you can't every even time contain you... your anger. <laughs> I know. <laughs> every time you give somebody in a conta- uh, something in a container, Louisa, though, that means that I have a mixed feeling of, well, now I've got to figure out what to do with this container. <laughs> I know, but here's the thing. You can throw it right in the trash. Who cares? Oh, no. You're, we're all trying to avoid <laughs> the guilt of being the last link in that chain. <laughs> As Fleetwood Matt once said, I can still hear you promise that you'd never break that chain, Louisa. <sighs> Jeff, put that song at the end of the episode. Thanks, Jeff. No. (laughs) Alright, so cookie baking was great. Uh, Happy holidays, everybody. Jeff, what did you do this week? Um, God, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Did you go see the Spider-Man? Yeah, that's probably what I'll... But don't spoil it. Yeah, I can't say... I can't say anything about the movie uh, without spoiling it. Like, I think... Okay, does Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield kiss in it? I can't even... Oh my god! (laughs) About that. Which one of them would be oh, upside no! down? <laughs> no, obviously Tobey Maguire would be upside yeah, down if he Toby kissed Maguire. any of the other spidered men. Come on. But that does Why does he get to be the one that always gets he to be upside down? He was the one who was upside down! down. Yeah, but why, it's Andrew Garfield's turn. They don't take turns. I think they would have to be in some kind of, like, vacuum of space where there is no up or down. So that they could rotate forever in a kissing... Upside down, sixty nine. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I imagine them trapped in that uh, thing from Superman the movie, the extra dimensional. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, the Phantom, Phantom Zone. Zone. Yes. I uh, yeah, I I liked it. It's a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's probably lacking some of the uh, emotional depth that 
maybe older Spider-Man movies really went for, uh, because it wants to, you know, do more fun, goofy things. It wants to involve Benedict Cumberbatch trying to do an American accent. Yep. Um, you know, he's getting better and better at it. Is he? Okay. (laughs) Or maybe I'm just getting used to it. It's, I'm getting (laughs) Stockholm Syndrome for his bad accent. Um, I, the, the most interesting thing to me, and I guess this might be considered a spoiler, but I'm not going to tell you what happens in the scene I'm referencing. Um, but the like, there's always the mid credits and then the after credits now. Mm -hmm. So the mid credits is like a fun Easter egg teaser for another Spider-Man. Okay. The after credits is just a trailer for Doctor Strange 2. Okay. Which is interesting because that trailer did not premiere previously. It, like, made its <laughs> premiere after the Spider-Man movie, which is pretty fun. Yeah. I think they should do that more often. I, I think that they should, like, withhold the trailer until after a Like, Far From Home, I think, would have been... uh more like I would have anticipated that movie better if I hadn't seen the trailer before Endgame came out and if it mm. had been like a trailer premiere after the credits of Endgame. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. It's certainly an interesting concept in marketing to try to I mean, I guess it's not that far away from the like Avengers reveal at the end of Iron Man, right? Yeah, a little bit. Like, when mm. you're at a point that people really want to see your movie uh, trailer, then that yeah. becomes its own like special piece of advertising. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it the so, the trailer stuff trailer stuff bugs me because I think that the trailers for movies show too much of the movie, especially yeah. these Spider Man yes. movies. They all showed too much. Yeah. yeah, knowing Alfred Molina was going to be in this movie, like, can you imagine if you hadn't known? Yes. Yeah, I would have lost my goddamn mind. It would have been incredible. Um, I'm going to see this new Spider-Man movie a couple days after Christmas with my in-laws, uh, and <laughs> I'm going over there later today as well to help them with some Christmas stuff, and um, <laughs> my father-in-law texted me saying, hey, when you come over today, can you explain to me why there's going to be multiple Spider-Mans in this upcoming movie? <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I don't know if I can. <laughs> like, okay. Ethically, All I right. cannot. Loki. <laughs> Let me start here. <laughs> Owen Wilson. <laughs> okay. All right. Owen Wilson from those comedy movies. And Loki, yes. the Norse god of mischief? <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. All right. Do you know who Kang the Conqueror is? This is important. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, not really, because it's a different guy, but he looks like him. Yeah. <laughs> god, I love, I love how unabashedly stupid the movies are getting. I feel bad. People, like, Eternals got bad reviews, that movie is easily one of the most fun, stupid of the Marvel movies. It feels so different and weird. I think they kind of set themselves up for failure, though, because from the beginning, this Marvel Cinematic Universe was like supposed to be kind of a like a self serious take on superhero stuff in a way that it hadn't really been done before, or like not even self serious, but like semi-realistic i guess mm. yeah um, now they're getting into magic and space stuff so they've the realism right. is gone but i do like that they're still like yeah you know here's these uh 50 million year old uh space alien superheroes and we're gonna take this concept seriously and richard madden is yeah. gonna shoot laser beams out of his eyes at some kind of robot dog 
considering that the first Iron Man movie was just like, imagine if a rich person actually cared about what uh, what happened to people, <laughs> like, which is certainly a, a its own kind of supernatural suspension of disbelief, but but like. It could happen, and then the rest of the stuff in there is semi super sciency, but not on um, not to the point where it feels like it's magic. Yeah, to get from there to Angelina Jolie is a space goddess monster. <laughs> like I don't know, man. Yeah. I feel like they uh, they kind of lost the thread a little bit there. Well, I think no matter what the movie The Eternals was like, people were going to hate it because the backlash has already started against the Marvel movies because mm. they were saturated in the market foolishly. Well, not just them. DC also. There's too many yep. superhero movies. So yep. people are primed to not like anything anymore. That's so. true. Also, everyone was already mad at Kumail Nanjiani for yeah, getting man. fit, I guess. <laughs> Oh, he looks so dehydrated. Though. I mean, it's I so agree upsetting. he doesn't look good, but it's his body. He can do whatever he wants with it. We shouldn't be mad at him for it. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't even he doesn't even take his shirt off in this movie. <laughs> he went to all that trouble to get so like like roided out jacked like superhero bod. He he like wears a sleeveless shirt in maybe one or two scenes. Well, wasn't oh, didn't it all start because Kumail Nanjiani wrote a thing that was like, I was cast in a Marvel movie and they told me I didn't have to get fit, but they would pay for me to do the normal superhero body sculpting thing if I wanted to, so I decided why the fuck not? Yeah. Like, that's how probably. it all kicked off. And like fine like if somebody came to me and they're like hey we will give you a million goddamn dollars to get fucking jacked over the next six months and pay for like personal trainers and nutritionists and people to make it happen for you i probably would give it a shot why not yeah probably Uh, the fact that we know like clearly steroids were involved and he looks so dehydrated and weird all the time like that just is awful to me (laughs) like that's why i'm against it yeah, it's probably not good for his human body, but yeah. I, th- I don't know. I think that it would be fine for him to do if he were more transparent about the things that are required to achieve that look. Yeah. Yeah, that's yes, that I will agree makes me feel weird that he isn't just coming right out and saying, like, everyone in a Marvel movie definitely has human growth hormone yeah. in their bodies. I, I think that it can be dangerous for someone who has sort of like a normal guy appeal like a Chris Pratt or a Kumail Nanjiani to get jacked and like use drugs to do that, which I don't think is immoral or wrong. Yeah. Right. But then not mention that just like, you know, I just yeah. lift I just lifted weights. Uh, three hours a week for a couple months, and now I have a different a different body. <laughs> like, come yeah. on, we know, like we we know. Just be straightforward about it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I liked it. Um. There's probably still a couple surprises in there for you, Matt. Um. Yay. Despite the insane amount of s- stuff about the movie that, like, we all just assumed about it ahead of time. Um, (laughs) Well, if you're going to make a movie with every Spider-Man ever in it, like, we all know a lot of the things you're going to do. You have to do those things. Yeah. Um, A lot of fun. Um, Let's get into... Also, we we watched Into the Spider-Verse. We all know. Yeah, that movie rules. (laughs) Yeah, that's still the best Spider-Man movie? Mm, 
Well, you're going to hate me for saying it, but Spider-Man no, 2... No, you can't. You can't. You can't. <laughs> um, one of the thi- Oh, yeah, this is one thing I want to mention. There's a lot of actors in this movie who very clearly, uh, because of COVID restrictions, had to film their part of the movie in a different location. Oh, no. And then be cut in later. There's a lot of, like, cutting back and forth and, like, oh, these two actors physically interact in a scene, but in such a way that they did not actually ever have to be in the same room. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm usually pretty good about being able to turn off the part of my brain that worries about that, so hopefully I'll be able to <laughs> ignore that. Yeah, it, I don't think it occurred to me until, like, towards the end or even after the movie. Yeah. I do have a hard time turning off the part of my brain that recognizes ADR, though. Mm. Like, mm. if if the camera cuts away from someone's face right before they say a line, I'm always like, mm. <laughs> Yeah. Forgot to do that one, huh? Yep. Or, like, you needed to explain what was happening more in this scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm flashing back to, uh, uh, oh, those chin wags on that character, uh, from a three quarters behind of you do not match the thing that the actors. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anyway. Here we go. Okay, so, what do we do on this show, you ask? Well, mm-hmm. we go to the WikiHow suggested articles page. And we put a random word in there so that we can see a list of questions people have asked how to do things related to that random word. And today's random word is, unfortunately, spit. Boo! Yeah. Boo! <clears throat> oh, Jeff likes it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jeff's real gross character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the Jeff's gross character called Jeff. <laughs> got me. Friggin' got my ass. Roasted. <laughs> Uh, speaking spit of, how to spit roast. You gotta get a spit. Get a spit. Like a, set a fire like a under it. Metal stick. There are so the- many, if you look at like, um, not even patents, but old timey like instructions on how to make one. There yeah. are so many ideas on how to make one when it's just rotating a stick over a fire, really. I like those ones that are powered by dogs on treadmills. <laughs> those are awesome. <laughs> those are pretty good. Ugh. <sighs> I guess you do need, like, gear, like uh, bicycle chain gears uh, to make sure you're not turning it too fast. I think that's what a lot of the technology goes into. Yep. Or you turn it so fast that the friction of its spinning cooks it. <laughs> like if that guy who tried dudes. to slap a chicken to yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> the ul- ultra rotisserie. <clears throat> oh, God, that slap chicken is so gross. Yes, it is. <laughs> it did get... Technically cooked, though. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Hey, that's yep. that's where I learned that the safe minimum cooking temperature is uh, only applies if you want to instantly kill all of the uh, pathogens or microorganisms. But if you have it at a lower temperature for a longer amount of time, that also does it. Yeah, that's yeah. the main principle behind sous vide cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried that once, sous viding poultry, where you instead of cooking it to 165, you keep it at like 145 or something for a long time. And it is disgusting. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a point with a lot of uh, proteins where the texture changes. And if you yeah. don't reach that texture change point, your brain does not like it. Yeah, it's like jelly. It's yeah. like a weird goo. It's like trying to eat silly putty. <laughs> Chicken flavored silly putty. Wait, hold on. I like this now. Uh-oh. Now I like it. Well then get a sous vide stick. They're not that expensive. They're only like $110 or something. That's too many. I'm not gonna do this. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good cooking method. You just said it's disgusting. 
for chicken. Mm, but fair. like, if you're gonna sous, if you're gonna make like lobster or shrimp, sous vide is probably one of the best ways to do it. Mm. Or boiled eggs is what I hear. I'm never oh, going to make do lobster. That. That's so shrimp. smart. God damn it, Louisa. No, that is smart. You can't possibly <laughs> overcook I'm them. I'm so can you? mad that I didn't think of that until right now. God damn it. <laughs> but now you can do it. You're yeah. gonna have a whole new world. Yep, it's true. Uh, I like that so many of these questions on this list are about hospitals. Yes, that took me a minute to figure right out. right in the middle. That's fun <laughs> to me. How to open a hospital? It's like, are you an old tiny philanthropist? What are you trying I to do? Lo- I love the idea that you'd be a person who is not a doctor mm-hmm. or have any medical experience like... I think I'm gonna open my own hospital. Yeah, yeah, it's time. It's time for the Jeff Hospital. <laughs> yep, Saint Jeff Memorial Hospital. <laughs> yep, I like a lot of them. Are like how to write a letter to a hospital or how to negotiate with a hospital. And I know what they mean, but it sounds like a toddler being like, <laughs> "I don't understand that the hospital isn't a person, <laughs> yeah. and I need to." T- uh, dear Mister Hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my best friend is hospital. Says a child. Um, I love this question I know that it's going to make Louisa especially angry for reasons that I'll get into but I love the question how to spit game to a female yeah I wanted to bring this one up because it's the most insane first off if you are asking it in that way you're doing so bad yeah you're doing a terrible job also do you live in 1986 is my second question yeah oh man like oh boy are you trying to seduce her away from Bismarcky like what are you doing (laughs) what do you mean spit game to a female Oh, spit game is just not a good phrase. Do you think that's related to the one right next to it? Spit 16 bars. Are they talking about trying to be able to rap in a good flow for 16 bars? Oh my yes, god, I if you that... wrapped 16 bars at a woman yeah, to seduce her? <laughs> no, hold on. I don't think they're related in that way. I think spitting game to a female just means, like, hitting on women. Yeah. I think spitting 16 bars is a rap thing. No, I, yeah, I agree. But I don't think it's merely hitting on. I think it is, like, saying the the secret series of words and syllables that will uh, make yeah. her instantly horny for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that, that's easy. It's up, up, down, down, <laughs> left, right, left, right, B, A, start, select. Yep. <laughs> That's always the thing, right? When people uh, ask questions in this way, there's the question you can ask, which is, how can I be interesting to women and make them interested in me? Which is a reasonable question. And then there's the question, how can I figure out the secret to, uh, like, unlocking women's brains? Which, in that one, you're not trying to interact with a specific woman at all. You're just like, I want want to win this game. Ugh, it's terrible. And it's so funny because the real answer to what they're trying to do is to work on their own brain, not try to figure out how to beat... Like, if you could just be more confident, you probably could do just fine with women. Yeah. You just need to not worry so much about making, like, figuring out the magic phrase to make it work for you. Ugh, yeah. And the thing is, if if you want to, like... have better conversations with women, you're going to have to be interested in those women individually. Mm. And some people have a fine time with that. They're like, I love humanity. I want to know about people's lives. Yes, then you, you, there you go. 
But if you're like, I don't care about these women at all. I just want them to like me. Like, there's nothing. You're building yeah. on nothing. That's nothing. Also, and here's a secret that the rest of these people, Jeff and Louisa, I mean, won't tell you. But I will <laughs> tell you. No, don't. So many women are boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. When you think about the amount of humanity that's boring. <laughs> yes. Oh, I always think about, like, back in college when fr- me and my friends would go out to a bar or whatever, and, like, my friends would, some of the less good of my friends would spit game would at females. <laughs> what? Yeah. They would try to spit game at females, and, um, like, they would be excited to be talking to a woman, even though they had nothing in common, and mm-hmm. yeah. the woman was so boring. <laughs> and I'd just be like, just get out of this conversation. Why are you doing this? You're not going to want to spend time with this woman later. What's yeah. the point? What are you doing? That's yeah. so weird to me. I get the... Uh, it's just the idea of status, isn't it? Like, oh, I want a cool fitness girlfriend. She's so beautiful. Like, yeah. you have nothing in common with her because she's interested in fitness and you're not. Yeah. So, like... I'm only interested in fitness pizza in my mouth. <laughs> exactly! <laughs> See, now that's how you spit game to a female. <laughs> if you make that joke, they de- I guarantee you they'll be interested in you. The, the thing that it took me so long to learn is that... It, if you want to date people, any people, any yeah. genders, you just have to be you, and that goes beyond, like, you have to learn to unashamedly be the person that you have an instinct towards being, like, your best yeah. self, uh, which, god damn it, is hard when you're a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, and I think the thing that the reason that that advice often falls flat for people is because it's not something that you can fail at. By which I mean, when you go on a first date with someone, you're definitely not going to be yourself as much as you probably should, because it's really fucking hard. But you should try, and then as you get to know the person, be more and more yourself, and then if they stick around, it's probably a good relationship. Yeah, that's the thing people don't want to admit if they're desperate, that this person might not be right for you. Like, you don't yeah. have to go, oh, I yeah, have to secure every person who will talk to me. Like, that's insane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to actually be a connection to work. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely the, um, I think, part of the uh, thing that a lot of people who would ask for advice on how to spit game to a female uh, <laughs> definitely are, like, not getting is, hey, like, if you... If you have to spit game instead of just, like, talking about the things that make you passionate and asking her about the things that she's passionate about and, then like, discovering your mutual interests or the ways in which your brains are both similarly strange, like, then maybe date someone else? Yeah. <laughs> there's so I many love- people. The thing of it is, there's just so many people around. Yeah, that's true. I love the story of how Alan Alda and his wife met. They're still married. They've been married like 70 years or something. They met in college at a party where a rum cake fell on the floor, and Alan Alda and his future wife were the only people who would still eat it. Nice. (laughs) And I think that's so charming. That's what you need. Yep. Yeah. I, I, Somebody else is a despicable monster. <laughs> I I genuinely think that a lot of the uh, rhetoric around like what men need to do to get into a relationship involves like hiding parts of your personality, uh, but also like 
a lot of men kind of have terrible personalities because we don't... Well, now we're getting into, like, the concept of manhood in the modern age is so fractured Uh that it's impossible to, like, even uh, as a person who I consider myself to be a fairly, like, socially aware human, I still sometimes think, like, it's weird that... I that you can't be proud of your masculinity in a way that doesn't s- fall apart under scrutiny very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like there's not a and I don't I don't mean this in a like men's rights activist kind of way, but like there's not a thing where you can be like be a man and it doesn't come off sounding shitty, yeah. you know? Yeah, if you talk about the like individual manly things that you enjoy i think that is generally acceptable but uh if you try to tie them into gender in some way it just feels strange yeah i do and i think it's it's extra broken because women have made a lot more progress than men on like being normal humans By which I mean, we identify traits as quote-unquote feminine, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they are exclusive to people who have a certain set of genitals, but rather, like, we culturally associate them with femininity, and Mm -hmm. that's fine, you know, like, being nurturing or whatever, Um, but then if we try to apply that to masculinity, I've had conversations where I'm like, you know, maybe we consider loyalty to be a masculine trait. And then people are like, oh, so does that mean women don't have mask, don't have loyalty? Like, no, everyone has masculine and feminine traits, but we haven't, manhood hasn't evolved to the point where we can be comfortable being like masculinity. Isn't the same thing as being a man biologically. And that's, That's where it gets very complicated, because you want to be able to say certain things are masculine or feminine traits, because you want to be able to think about that. And you want to be able to insult the other kids at school who (laughs) are too gay. (laughs) Yes. But the more you think about any of those traits, if they're good traits for a human to have, they're widely applicable. So it kind of falls apart below that surface level. So you're right, it's very complicated. And I like, I like the idea of there being a, like, I mean, maybe, maybe the problem is that we use gender words for them when we don't need to, because like, you know, if you think about it, like the yin and the yang concept, and now I sound like a fucking, one of those (laughs) terrible people who is obsessed with Eastern Asian culture, but, um, like... Those yin and yang have traditionally been associated with the masculine and feminine as well, but they're really more about like the 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 drive to comfort versus the drive to like achieve. <laughs> and I think though that's maybe a more useful framework than saying masculine and feminine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's very complicated. But humans love the idea that there are opposites. And yes. Uh, the traits that we have, the traits that we want to have that are positive, we also think there are opposite versions of them. Yeah, and bizarro that's gender. Part of the problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that there is value to saying like we as women like derive strength from this aspect of our characters, regardless of if it's true or even if like it's universal or it's exclusive to women. I understand why that's an important thing to do mm-hmm. to create cohesion as a group. 
And I feel like men have only done that around bad things. Well, I feel like that's where you get problems with, like, these, um, uh, weird religious, like, back-to-tradition ideas. Because people are so starved for that. Like, the idea that you're a man, you should be uh, taking care of your family and protecting them. Like, those are good things. But then it gets sort of perverted because, like, people are starved for that. They want that Mm. so bad. I agree that religious fundamentalists are perverts. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) What were we talking about? How to spit shine (laughs) or spit polish your shoes. Don't. Yeah, like, you spit. We invented polish that's much better than spit for that. Yeah, what are you, some kind of friggin' sicko? Come on. (laughs) I feel like, is spit polishing and spit shining from military rationing days when you didn't have another way to polish your leathers it's from when you would um throw a nickel to a a kid on the street and ask him to spit on your shoes (laughs) no you're conflating a lot of things here i think (laughs) and he'd say gee thanks mister and he'd bite the coin to make sure it wasn't fake (laughs) and then he would give you tips on where to find hammerhead and the other uh dick tracy villains (laughs) oh man uh, I thought you gave that kid a nickel because he had the equipment to not yeah, spit on yeah. your shoes. That's what I was saying. No, you're he a pervert in this situation. <laughs> you want this kid to spit on your feet. Oh no, this kid is a prostitute in this scenario. Yeah, he's selling the spit, oh, the spitting on your feet for money. It's hard yes. to get by in the uh, fake newsies version of the 20s. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it hard, it's hard to get by in the future. What? <laughs> You were the one who assumed that it was the Dick Tracy 20s. <laughs> really makes you this think. Is too dumb. Yep. <laughs> no, nothing's too dumb. Not anymore. Oh, uh, nothing's too dumb is the great tagline for our show. Okay. Sorry, go on. Uh, how do you spit wine? Why do you want to do that? Uh, when you're is at a wine like tasting, a... you're supposed to swish it in your mouth and then oh, spit it out. Oh, that makes sense. I was thinking like those like fountain people. <laughs> Yeah. I would say try to get it to, like, go between your front teeth in, like, a little thin stream. That's a fun trick. <laughs> that sounds insufferable, watching someone do that at a wine tasting. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, they're spitting it, like, feet up, up, up ahead of them. Oh, God. <sighs> I feel like if, if it is for a wine tasting, you need to do it silently. Whatever. However you get that wine out of your mouth, silently, yeah. that's what you Silent do. but deadly. I love the idea of going to... This is going back to what Jeff suggested. And loudly spitting the wine out. (laughs) No, I love the idea of going to a wine tasting and then asking the question, now is the spit bucket mandatory or just a suggestion? (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend who went to a wine tasting ahead of her wedding. Um, They only taste like one ounce of each wine or whatever. She didn't know about the spit bucket. They didn't tell her, so she got absolutely shit face doing this. Yeah, wine I went. I went to a wine tasting ahead of my wedding as well, and they didn't have a spit bucket, so we just got <laughs> drunk, and it was great. Yeah, there was just a, a guy there with his mouth open, kneeling on the ground, and God you did it. not feel yeah, comfortable it. with it. So, <laughs> why are you doing this to us? Everything doesn't have to be a spit perversion, Jeff. Yeah, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> How to spit watermelon seeds far. Now that's a good skill to have. I yeah. can't really I can only get like two or three feet. I think mine. you need to you need to be you need to breathe in a lot of air first and then position your lips 
to create a seal around the seed uh-huh. so that the pressure of that air coming back out blasts it out. Is that right? And then you fire out a million of them at a time like a machine gun. Mm-hmm. Like you're in the Looney Tunes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I could do that. There's a... Okay, good. God, what is... Hmm, I'm trying to think of it. There's some video game, I think, where a character can eat a watermelon and spit the seeds as a weapon. Yeah, well, um, that happens in... <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this again. That happens in uh, the the Simpsons video game where Bart is trying to get paper pages of his homework. Right. Is it virtual Bart? No, that's the uh, Bart versus the Space Mutants, I think. The really hard no, one. No, that it's not. It's the, game. Oh, it's Bart's Nightmare. Duh. Yes, Bart's Nightmare. Sorry. That's the one. I can't yes. believe I got that wrong. I'm yes, so sorry, that's the everyone. one where you get, you get watermelon pieces and spit seeds at people. Okay. Uh, how to spit fire. Is, is this, this is a lot like thing? spit 16 bars? Because <laughs> it could also be spitting actual fire, in which case you yeah. need to get kerosene First, in your mouth. You need to... And you need to be able to blow out a fine spray of it. Yeah, that's true, and I know people who've done it, and they say the biggest hazard is sometimes you're going to swallow some kerosene. And that yep. sounds so gross. Ugh. But apparently they suggest that you start by just having water in your mouth and try spitting, like keeping your lips together to make and it, once you can make a cloud that hangs in the air for like three seconds uh-huh. then you're ready to start moving on to kerosene <laughs> then you're ready to go to that wine tasting and spit some wine into yeah and then mr miyagi <laughs> looks at you and nods and, it, and the montage ends mm-hmm. oh man that <laughs> karate kid would have ended so much differently if that cobra kai kid swept his leg and then daniel <laughs> breathed a fireball into his face. <laughs> Yoga! Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, racism. Becomes a Street Fighter movie. Yep. Oh, man. I forgot uh, that Street Fighter is too racist to reference casually yes. without also being like, by the way, guys, I know that Street Fighter is racist. I can't believe that the phrase Yoga Fire is in that game and everyone's like, yeah, okay, let's make this game. <laughs> It's, it's, I think people, uh, I think people consider it quaint when, like, a Japanese game developer does racism, because, you know, (laughs) we have our own racist beliefs about Japanese society. Yeah, that's true. Uh, But isn't it racist to, to find the racism of another culture quaint? Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh I like this one, how to become a hospital chaplain, because this person probably is on the up and up. This is probably a person who feels their vocation is to help others, but in my mind, they're asking how to impersonate a hospital chaplain, <laughs> and I feel like that would be very easy. You just need the right outfit. Yeah, oh, they're man. asking... What grifts, what grifts could you pull as a hospital chaplain? It's not about um, crimes. They're asking how to single white female a hospital chaplain. <laughs> Oh, so they're saying how to become this specific yeah. hospital chaplain. How, I see. how to be how to become Pastor Greg, the hospital chaplain who I am obsessed with. <laughs> That's what the question's asking. 
Uh, go to the hospital every day and say you need help, but he's not allowed to refuse you, I guess. I bet if you just went to a hospital chapel every day, there'd be a long periods of time where there's no one there, mm-hmm. and then you could just be like, yes, I'm I'm the chaplain. That's what I'm saying. All yeah. you need is a black shirt of some kind. You mm-hmm. bring the white collar in with you. Mm-hmm. You go right up to the chaplain who's in there, and you say, hey, look at me. Look no. at me. I'm the chaplain now. <laughs> no. And then you are. <laughs> What if you went up to the chaplain and you were like, okay, uh, father, my prayer is for me to become a chaplain. Does he have to make you a chaplain? Ooh. <laughs> it yes. can, can... You wish for a million more wishes. Yes, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> can God uh, lift a boulder, make a boulder so heavy that can even God he can't make lift a chaplain it? so fast that even he can't chaplain a chaplain? <laughs> Oh, God. Theological questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and finally, how to act like Carly from General Hospital? <laughs> don't. I like that's her job. I like. I don't know who this is. I've never watched General Hospital. I love the ones that are how to act like somebody mm-hmm. because watch the things they do and then do those things right. Yeah. What if your person always flirts all the time? You're like, okay, just flirt all the time then. What if you're bad at noticing characteristics? Just remember the words that they said in your favorite episode of theirs, and then say those words out of your mouth, but later to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. You can be like, uh, very nice, my wife. Yep. (laughs) Uh, it worked for every frat boy from 2000 and whatever to 2000 and whatever. (laughs) Yep. Okay. <laughs> I've been seeing Borat's grave now, 2000 whatever to 2000 whatever. There's a skeleton hand no, pointing that's at a it. a Borat sequel I would watch. No! Borat's grave. No, it's not true! <laughs> oh, it's not very nice. <laughs> Yeah, you. All right, well, I'm not. Everyone. I'm not bound by the chains that I forged in life. <laughs> not <laughs> more Borat jokes about Christmas Carol. A very Borat uh, Christmas Carol. Can we do more? One more, please. Yeah, um, uh, I don't remember enough about Borat. Yeah, Borat sucks. <laughs> we all agree that Borat yeah. kind of sucks, right? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. The fact that so much of it is about being racist towards Jewish people, and that it's like, ha this is a joke. You still can't. You still can't do it, though, right? I mean, yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen's Jewish, though, right? I know! That doesn't make it okay. No, it makes it uh, anti-Semitic for you to laugh at it. Okay, fine, I never <laughs> laughed at it. Problem solved. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like you might have laughed at it. <laughs> uh, I just... The problem with Sasha Baron Code is that I do think he's a very good comedian and he does a lot of funny and maybe even culturally good things, but he also gives permission to a lot of the worst people to be like, ah, we're in on the joke. That's not okay. You're not in on the joke, actually, turns out. But they don't know it and they never will understand it, you see. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. We like the problem talking that... about Borat because we no. had such a great high point to end on. Yeah, we were all we were all my wife and not and very nice, yeah. and then we should have just ended grave. it there. <laughs> Wait, we're pushing Borat into this grave. We're okay. pointing at him. Uh, where a skeletal hand points at his grave. It yeah. says Borat, whatever his last name is, two thousand whatever to two thousand whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh. 
Okay, well, if you like the show... <laughs> well, I don't know why. <laughs> Get your head checked, you sicko. Yeah. Uh, What's wrong with you? Now, the only excuse for continuing to listen to this show is that you're some kind of spit pervert who wants to hear Jeff describe all the ways in which he can monetize spitting on people. Yeah. Jeff monetize. <laughs> it's true. Jesus it's Christ. almost like he's been thinking about it before the show. I don't I don't like I this. I love the idea of Jeff every day waking up and writing on his whiteboard ways to make money from spit. Yeah, well, I was cursed by a witch a thousand years ago to dream every night about different ways to monetize spit. So I have to write Jeff, it down before I forget the dream. But I inevitably like, do every I time. To make a million dollars, what resources do I have infinite of spit? God. It's very good. It's perfect. The perfect system. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if you like the show, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice and tell your friends about the show so that we can continue to grow. That would be great. If you want to talk to us, you can message us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord and talk to us directly. Uh, you just need to message us on Mastodon. I'm on there at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online, and then we'll send you a uh, an invite to our Discord. All my stuff is at WeaponizedLanguage.com. And you can talk to me on Mastodon. At Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right, gang. Well, thanks for listening to the show. Please come back next week. But in the meantime, please remember that the, you can fuck up on the internet in so many ways. I don't know if other people are into it. Mm, there's more of gravy than of grave about you. <laughs> what? Holidays. Yep. Christmas. That's what Scrooge says to that's, Marley. Mm. That's the thing I was trying to figure out a Borat for. Oh, okay. Something about, mm. like, a blob of mustard, but a blob of my wife. <laughs> you boy, what day is it? Why, sir, it's Christmas Day. Very nice. <laughs> I, I did a very nice joke. Are there not, are there any other Borat things? Yeah, what are the other Borat phrases? Uh, Rudy Giuliani taking success? his pants off. Yeah, great oh. success. That's one of them. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so the spirits did it all in one night. Great success. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Ebenezer Borat. Is that where we're headed? <laughs> yeah, why not? Sure. Oh, man. <sighs> I thought I thought Borat was the ghost at the beginning in the in this. No, if I were um I I would probably genuinely watch a, a very Borat Christmas Carol. Honestly, I really do think Sasha Baron Cohen is a good comedian. I think he's very funny. Mm. Mm. I he's think he's a good com- comedian and not very funny. Mm, interesting. Okay, I could I could be brought around to that way of thinking. <laughs> I think he's funny in um oh, what's that Sweeney dumb Todd. Will Ferrell movie that he did? No, like oh, um, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. What the fuck was oh that yeah, Talladega Talladega Nights. Yes. Um, that, that movie is not as bad as it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
That's true. <clears throat> I don't really like any of that genre of Will Ferrell and his Academy Award-winning friend John C. Riley make a bunch of fart jokes. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that they're just movies that you kind of know how it's going to go, and there's going to be a couple really funny scenes in there. Most of it's just boring, but you can have it on in the background. Yep. The problem is that Will Ferrell genuinely did make some funny movies with, like, Elf and... Even Anchorman is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then people were like, mm, the secret is to just let Will Ferrell f- dick around on camera forever. <laughs> yeah. And that's not the secret, you guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, okay. the secret... Louise is writing it down. <laughs> the secret is you have to uh, pick something about her appearance and relentlessly mock it, but in a way that sounds complimentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like you could be like, oh, you've got beautiful eyes, not. Yep. <coughs> yep, yeah, swing, etc. You'd be like, that dress, that dress is very nice, not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something mean about my sister, I think. Does he do a lot of joke, mean jokes about his sister? I think I so. Like... I don't remember. I don't remember that movie very well because it's not good. Yep. All I remember are the things that other people in college quoted endlessly instead of having a personality. 2008 sucked. Yes. Even people I liked, even, like, smart, good people (laughs) lost their personalities to that movie. It's sad. (sighs) Yeah. Everyone likes the thrill of knowing what a meme is, though. So, at first, everyone's super excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, okay, I'm gonna stop recording. Yeah. Same. yeah.